0: So there I was a couple of weeks ago in the office, I work in a bank, and I was wearing my new suit trousers, I had a new shirt on as well, colleagues around me, I had the banking vibe going on, and as I was standing there, my, my new trousers, um, the button in front of people just like, it popped off, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Which is a bit problematic because it, you have to hold your, your trousers uh, at that point. So, yeah, so that that was going on. So I, I was standing there holding my trousers and I went on the floor and I, I picked up the, the button and I basically legged it to the toilet. And I was, I was in the toilet, 10 minutes trying to fix this thing, getting my stress levels was starting to go up. I thought, right, it, it won't go. And I thought, okay, now I've got to go. Outside, so I went outside, I tried to get a belt, £45 for a belt. I thought, I cannot pay £45 for a belt. I've got a belt already, not happening. And then I thought I had a great idea to get some sellotape. Quite when I thought sellotape, I don't know. And I ended up literally going to buy sellotape. I got it, stood in the queue. I thought, I can't sellotape my trousers to get there. Ended up then eventually in boots and... um, wanting to buy just a solitary safety pin. They do not sell one safety pin in boots. They sell a pack. So I got a pack of 50 safety pins. Uh, Went to the toilet again, fixed it, and then eventually upstairs. On to a conference call. And there was my boss. He's like, Tim... You know why, have you le- why are you late, where have you been? Lots of people on the conference call, and it was really embarrassing. I basically had to show my little button. I'm like, look, it popped off. This is what happened. Lots of laughter uh, on, on the call. But it was quite, it was quite an embarrassing uh, moment. So, if anyone needs um, some safety pins, I've got 49 here. <laughs> um, you're welcome to come and get one after, after the service. Um, our site can be slightly off Sometimes me and my colleagues and others thought that the suit I was wearing was, you know, really good quality. Um, but actually, like that, our physical sight can be off. Sometimes our spiritual sight can be off too. And what we're going to be looking at this morning isn't about seeing, you know, people in suits in the workplace, but seeing with kingdom sight. So why don't you say to the next person or the person next to you, we are going to be talking about kingdom sight. So why don't you say that, kingdom sight to the person next to you. <laughs> kingdom sight. Great. It's a bit like putting glasses on to see clearly. So we're continuing in our kingdom series, looking at Luke chapter 18. And this morning we join Jesus on his final journey to Jerusalem. He's got his disciples with him. And just before this point in the chapter, Jesus has been talking about the kingdom of God. There have been children brought to him. He's explained that we should have an attitude that is childlike to receive the kingdom. He's also spent time with a rich young ruler, explaining that those who are preoccupied with their material wealth we'll find it hard to enter the kingdom of god so let's turn to the passage last section of luke 18:31 to 43 it's starting on page 1052 of the bibles at the end of the pews if you'd like to read it it's going to be up on the screen as well if you'd like to read it there so page 1052 luke 18:31 to 43 Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He'll be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them and they did not know what he was talking about. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him. They told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Amen. So Jesus is on a mission He's heading to Jerusalem for the last time to fulfill what has been written about him by the prophets many years before this moment. His group of friends, the disciples, they've been hanging out with him for, uh, for a while now, going on this adventure. They've seen the miraculous. They're seeing lives being transformed. And there is an excitement around Jesus. So he takes them to one side. Verse 31 to 33, and he explains they are going up to Jerusalem, that the Son of Man, which is Jesus, will be mocked, he'll be insulted, he'll be spat on, he will be flogged, he will be killed. But then he will rise again on the third day. Verse 34, the disciples just, they just don't get it. They don't get what Jesus is talking about. And in fact, this is the second time in Luke's gospel where Jesus has spoken about the fact that he's going to die and that he will rise again. It's a bit like pouring water into a sieve. Jesus is explaining what's going to happen, but the water goes straight through the sieve. It isn't captured what Jesus is saying isn't being captured in the, in the minds and hearts of the disciples. We know today that what Jesus predicted did happen. The great spiritual battle, the full force of evil being thrown onto Jesus. He was crucified on a cross. He took the weight of all the selfishness and blindness of mankind onto his shoulders, and he rose to life on the third day so that you and I can have a relationship with God. Amen. I love it. I'm sorry, anyway. Um, and so, that's our first point as we think about living with kingdom sight in our lives today. It's knowing that Jesus suffered and died on a cross for you and for me, that he defeated death, he rose again victorious. And the same power, the same power that was in Jesus then is in us through the Holy Spirit right now, today. Love it. Absolutely love it. Then we come to the second part of this Passage. We know there's a crowd around Jesus. He's walking to Jericho, east of Jerusalem. And as he walks there on the roadside is a man with no status, no power. He's a nobody, he's a blind beggar. And the man, we know his name is Bartimaeus from other gospel accounts in the Bible. Ask what's happening. And some of the crowd tell him, Jesus of Nazareth is walking by. And what's his reaction? He calls out, verse 38, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 39, some of the crowd rebuke him and told him to be quiet. You know, I wonder what it would have felt like to have been part of the crowd there telling Bartimaeus to be quiet. You know, they may have been thinking, look, there's, there's bigger stuff going on here. We are on our way to Jerusalem. The kingdom of God is coming. We've got Jesus, you know, we're, we're cracking on. Who are you to call out to Jesus and ask? I wonder how Bartimaeus would have felt. There's the pressure on of the crowd on him. And just think for a moment, the pressure... And influence on us, and it's quiet in here. There's pressure outside in our day-to-day lives. The pro- the pressure of societal expectations, work, social media. It can even be from family. It can be from friends. We all have pressure on us to some degree, one way or another. So recently, the singer songwriter. Ed Sheeran touches on his own experience of social pressure in his song Beautiful People that he released this year, and he sings about his reaction to the pressure that he is experiencing. Some of the lyrics are up on the screen, so I'm not going to sing it. He's in Los Angeles. People around him have got their Lamborghinis, there's a party on, it's lots of beautiful people wearing designer clothes, the conversation is centered around, what do you do, who do you know, the champagne, rolled up notes, prenuptials, broken homes, surrounded but still alone. You know, not everyone has the direct pressure of LA on them. But look at how Ed wrestles with it in his song, and he responds. You can see the last two lines. Let's leave the party. That's not who we are. And that's what the song is wrestling with. He's like, well, it's not who he is. There's a challenge of authenticity. It's not who he is, and he steps back from it. So, back to our passage. What is this blind Man, Bartimaeus's response to the pressure of the crowd. He shouts all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. This sounds like a bold call out to Jesus. It's a desperate and bold shout. And by calling out, Son of David... Bartimaeus is recognizing and declaring that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the King, that he's the Son of God. And actually, he recognizes who Jesus is in a way that the disciples don't at the start of the passage. So what does Jesus do? All the activity around him, mission ahead, does he walk by and take no notice of this man? Nope. Verse 40, Jesus stops and orders the man to be brought to him. You know, Isn't it amazing? In the busyness, Jesus focuses on the one. He focuses on the one. And Jesus and the man, they come close. They come close. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see. Lord, I want to see there's boldness. There is boldness here in faith. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. In the original Greek, Jesus actually uses the verb to save here. So Jesus is saying, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. And there are a couple of aspects of seeing that are taking place. Firstly, Bartimaeus sees who Jesus truly is, the Son of God. Secondly, there is a physical healing of his sight so that he can see. And thirdly, there is an ongoing seeing as Bartimaeus then gets on the road and follows Jesus in discipleship. And I'd love us to consider those two words of faith and following. Faith and follow. Just for a moment. So Jesus says it's through faith that he, Bartimaeus, has been saved. So what is faith here? It is simply believing in Jesus as Lord, that He is who He says He is. I've had a Rubik's Cube at home for quite a while that I've not been able to solve. And last Wednesday, one of my cousins, William, he's 13, he came to visit, came into the flat. And he saw the Rubik's Cube not completed, And he said, you know, Tim, can I have a go? And I said, yeah, of course you can. And in my heart, I thought, there is no way you're going to get that done. I've spent ages trying to get this Rubik's Cube done. Like, absolutely ages. You're not going to do it. And a number of us were chatting. And then very quickly, all of a sudden, I've done it. I've done the Rubik's Cube. And he had. He'd actually finished the Rubik's Cube. All colors, kind of the colors on the right sides. I tried for such a long time to get it done. I was getting caught up in the complexity of this Rubik's Cube. And basically, William explained to me that there is a really simple method to get it done. And you can go online, so I'm going to try it. You can go online, you can just follow this simple step. And it's like that with Jesus. There's a simple message of truth that he gives. It's by faith that man is saved. There's no complexity to it. It's by faith. When we come to God through Jesus, we don't have to bring material wealth. We don't have to bring academic excellence, social connections, marital status, good looks, sporting achievements, trendy clothes, wise choices in life, up to that point. Self-confidence, nothing. His love is a gift. It's a present that is received through Faith, that is received through faith. And so that's our second point as we think about living with kingdom sight. It's living by faith. So finally, verse 43, Bartimaeus receives his sight and he follows Jesus. And I'd love to focus now on that word follow for a minute. Bartimaeus is on the road pursuing Jesus. And for those here today who know Jesus already, this is our daily walk with him over the long haul. The book of Hebrews says, let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So that's the final point as we think about living with kingdom sight, it's to follow. I just want to share a little bit of my own story, if that's okay, uh, which links to following Jesus. Jesus. Um, so for a number of years, up until the end of 2017, uh, in my own life, probably on the surface of things, it was looking okay. Um, I was coming to church, I was doing churchy things, you know, playing guitar, leading worship. Um, I'd be at work, Zooming around, uh, in a good branded job, and also had a nice girlfriend. Uh, but actually, behind the scenes, on my own, for a number of years, I think I was distancing a bit from Jesus without even realizing it. And outwardly, too, I was putting up different masks, depending on where I was, and I wasn't being authentic. I'd have a church mask, I'd have a work mask, I'd have all sorts. Um, and then, near the end of 2017, my girlfriend and I, we split up, and also this coincided with a time when I'd been feeling a little bit stressed for a, bit, a little bit of a while, and i popped to the doctor's briefly for a chat, um, and I also ended up stepping back from my job uh, a couple of months um, after that in early 2018. And on the face of it, some parts of my life started to wobble around me at the same time. Um, And I remember at the start of this time in my life, being physically uh, on my knees, on my own, um, in the flat at home, saying to God I wanted to know him again behind closed doors. And the desire was honest, it felt honest, and actually there was an element of probably desperation in there as well, so it was both. Um, You know, Jesus teach me what it is to build... My life on you, to walk with you, forgive me uh, for where I've messed up, help me to live with the priorities that you have. And that time, which was six months in the end, became a season when, behind closed doors, I was getting to know Jesus again, and he started to work on my heart, on the inside, It felt like God had my attention and other things had been stripped away. You know, I was getting up and I was actually reading my Bible and I was asking God to speak rather than just pretending. Rather than me just pretending. And actually I was starting to pray on my own behind closed doors. And I found that life in the quiet space with Jesus, away from everyone, then was flowing outwardly. I can only describe it like that. Life felt colorful in a different way. Friendships were restoring, they were gaining momentum, I was feeling prompted by the Holy Spirit to go and speak to certain people, it was absolutely, yeah, it was such an adventure, it felt like an adventure And during this time, someone reminded me of the passage in Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40. I think we're going to know it. In fact, we all will know it. I'd imagine most of us will. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your strength and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what Jesus was asked. Well, that was the response that Jesus gave when he asked, what are the most important commandments in life? Love God. Love others. Love God. Love others. And as we follow Jesus, these are to be our priorities. And I'd love to share a quick illustration with you. Just to explain that a little bit. So, here we've got a a box, an empty box that represents our lives and then the area inside represents our time and our focus and what can happen in life is that we can get caught up with lots of activity. Some of it can be, you know, good, looks very shiny. Some of it can be really challenging. Lots of distractions. This is represented by the sand. So that fills up our time. And it's going all the way up to the top. I went to the beach yesterday. That's where I got it, (laughs) as you can see and I think it might be illegal to take sand from the beach (laughs) so hopefully this isn't recorded but I will take it back (laughs) so there it is it's full of activity and lots of stuff and then so these commands that Jesus gave us to love God and to love others there actually isn't any room to go in. This is very heavy. Um, There isn't any room. So what we're called to do is the other way around. Our priority in life as we follow Jesus is to love the Lord God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. So that's number one. And what that started to look like for me was actually to read my Bible every day, was to pray, and this was on my own, just with God. And then from that, to love others. The, the relationship with God then spurts out and flows into those around us. So those are the two foundation stones. And then when the activity and busyness of life kicks in, the shiny things, the not shiny things, We've got these two foundation stones at our base to help drive and guide what we do uh, in, in life. You know, we can trust Jesus as we follow him. He's full of grace, love, and it's not based on our performance or what we can do. So in closing, as we think about living with kingdom sight, let's stand on the truth this morning, firstly of the transformational power of the cross and resurrection, and victory of Jesus secondly that we can put our faith in him in our lives today and that thirdly that we know that our lives are secure when we follow him amen